This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Good morning, friends and family. It's just great to be here on this Pentecost Sunday. That's what we're going to talk about. Uh, you know, just watching this video on hope. Hope is the anchor of our souls. It's like when the boat goes like through storms and it's unsteady. Uh, that's when we have an anchor. And may you have an anchor in this time. And uh, just before we start, yuch, I want to just thank so many people that are helping behind the scenes to record all these things. You know, this week we worked out that it's more than 20 hours for every 30 minutes that you watch online. And so it's a privilege to be part of a team. Thank you to Regan, Johan, uh, George, Mache, so many people that are working very hard uh, to get all the slides ready and all the preparation that we're doing. And that's all to, to have church and to give church online. So we're excited about sharing the word with you, sharing our heart, sharing life together, because we are the church. Um, and we are just so excited about what God is doing in many, many hearts. And especially on this Sunday, because this is Pentecost Sunday. This is a celebration of, of the place where the church has been launched. The church has been not birthed, but, but has been uh, commissioned to go into the world. And so <clears throat> I'm going to talk about Pentecost and we're going to just read some scriptures to really share with each other. You know, because the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us power. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom knowledge might revelation counsel and the fear of the lord that's what isaiah 11 verse 2 says and uh, it's so beautiful that we can have the person of the holy spirit with us working together in the fullness of god and so the background of pentecost was this moment when the outpouring of the holy spirit happened but it was a feast a specific jews had to partake and it was the feast of the harvest the feast of the first fruits and so people had to come and gather the jews came uh, at least once or twice they all the men had to especially go up to jerusalem but in the context of the holy spirit being poured out um, it was under extreme fearful senses now remember jesus uh, was going away he, he went and then he commissioned these guys to go up to back to jerusalem if i was them i was would probably say like ah jesus you know uh choose a better spot you know rather in nazareth or galilee or a place where we are but don't let us go back to jerusalem where they crucified you uh that's that's the worst place you know and so the doors were locked it wasn't it wasn't an easy um circumstance because i i always think like yeah holy spirit just come when i feel good when i'm comfortable but it's in a moment when we feel uncomfortable that's when the holy spirit comes and so i'm very excited about this time uh, with this lockdown where so many people are out of their comfort so many people are out of being in control so many people are fearful so many people are hopeless uh, and this is a moment for us to say come holy spirit live in us live through us and it's not this thing of falling on us it's the thing of living with us you know uh, one of the most embarrassing moments in my whole life was when um, uh, I sort of idol worshipped Reinhard Bonka a little bit and so we were there in Nigeria up in the north and uh, so a team of us five of us went with his team to have a small outreach uh, there was probably just a million people there uh, it was one of the smaller ones um, and so the morning we were at the breakfast table and so after that we had a staff devotional with him around about 14 of us sitting around the table <laughs> and then he said okay you're the leaders here so will you please pray for us and so i started to pray and i said lord please holy spirit fire of god fall on us you know um and so the next moment he just said no in the middle of my prayer can you believe it you know 
in the middle of the prayer said, no, 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 we don't pray like that. We don't pray for the Holy Spirit to fall on us when the Holy Spirit is already here. And then he said, please pray again. And so that was like a, the moment when we just, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I thought like, sure, you know, Lord, let the second coming come right now because I felt a bit embarrassed. But I realized that was more than 50 sermons because we don't pray for the Holy Spirit to come when he is here. And so he said, pray again. So I just thought about every scripture that I memorized. And I say, Lord, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I didn't even use the word and in between all the scriptures because I re realized like, hey, you can't agree, disagree with scripture. But that was just one of those moments because we're talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the challenge was 500 of them received the command to go to Jerusalem, but only 120 made it. I trust and let's trust together that you'll be part of that 120. Uh, not waiting for something to maybe happen, but just fulfilling the command of Christ. And so the commission in Matthew 28, we're going to look at five. The first one was the commission, Matthew 28 verse 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in the heaven and on the earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. That's amazing, eh? When we realize God is with us. We're not working for Him. We're not working against Him. We're not trying to prove anything. The kingdom is here. It's in us. It's joy, love, peace in the Holy Spirit. But there was this commission and Jesus promised us one thing. He says, you will be with he will be with us and we will do it together. And so um, it's, it's not an or as well. He doesn't say like maybe if you feel good or if you feel better about yourself, then do this or that. He says, no, <clears throat> go and do this. It was a command. Every Christian, every believer, there's a command to go and make disciples. It hasn't changed. And that is our commission. When you're commissioned, it means you, you are, you've been sent. You are a sent one. And sometimes we forget that. Even in this lockdown time, a lot of people forget that we are commissioned by God. You are sent here to this earth on an assignment and with an assignment. It's not just to make it through this life. It's not just try to survive you have an assignment of God and you have been commissioned. You're a believer. I'm a believer. If you're not a believer at the end, we're going to pray together and we're going to trust the Lord to bring freedom in our hearts, you know, because, hey, we need to preach the gospel. And in that context, the Great Commission, that's where the Holy Spirit was poured out. The second thing, once you've been commissioned and you realize like I'm just passing through, this is not my home. This is, this is a man that God has given me. It's given you. <clears throat> and it's not a like maybe do it or try to do it. He says, if you believe, these signs will follow. We said it in Mark chapter 16. You know, those who believe in my name, you'll cast out demons, you'll heal the sick. So don't let go of your mandate. Don't let go of the commission of the believers in this world. The second thing that happened is they had to consecrate themselves. Listen to this in Acts chapter 1 verse 12 to 14. Then they turned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. 
That's a beautiful scripture because hey, they, uh, in Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 2, it says the same. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. I love the suddenness in scripture. Suddenly the Holy Spirit came. Suddenly God's kingdom came. Suddenly tongues of fire came. But they were in prayer. They were consecrating. They were locked behind these doors. And so to consecrate your life means like I primarily are here to serve God. I'm living a consecrated, sanctified life. Uh, and that is a challenge, you know. So every day, don't just assume stuff. You know, in your neighborhood, when we do prayer walks in our neighborhoods or when you pray over that place. You know, I remember when we moved into this area, when we just got, when I just got married, we moved into a place under Papa Heiberg in Stellenbosch. And, um, and so we just moved into an area where it was just, everything was just falling apart. People not looking, you know, for just after their houses. They were not cutting or mowing their lawns. It was just sort of dilapidated. It was like falling apart, you know. It was like you almost felt something isn't right there. And, um, and so we, I would just every day as I was driving from my house to work, in Somerset West and back, uh, I would pray, say, Lord, uh, let this neighborhood become a godly neighborhood. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing, you know, how people just started to change. Uh, within two years, uh, people were treating their wives better because, hey, we said, Lord, this is going to be a consecrated place. It's so amazing now to live in a street. I actually, uh, we've called it Shofavol, you know, because there's so many people with us in church, you know, that's living in that street because, hey, we've been praying over that street every day we pray over every house and there's uh, two missionaries living in the street there are people from another church uh, we have five different groups of the church living in the street our neighbor became saved <coughs> at the end of last year um, and and it's just amazing when you start to live a consecrated life because I'm I'm not just passing through I'm I'm intentional about my relationships I'm intentional about the place where I stay um, you know when I was working as an accountant for five years every day just five minutes before i went into the office i would consecrate the office and then it was the funniest things that happened you know what happened is people came and walked into my office i had a small office i had about 18 people working under me and the amazing thing is then people would say wow it's so peaceful here in your office there was this canteen area where you could sit and there was the beautiful couches uh, but people would every lunch come and sit in my office, you know, and they would just sit there and chill there. And then they would always say like, wow, this is so amazing. It's peaceful here. And my office smelled like fish and chips all the time, <laughs> you know. But, but I said, Lord, I want your kingdom to come in this place. This office belongs to you. I want you to let your face shine and let your kingdom come. And that's so exciting when we live a consecrated life because they had to consecrate themselves unto God and away from the world. You know, the worldly stuff wants to come into our lives. But when you live a consecrated life, it's not a performance orientation. It's not a like striving thing. It's just, Lord, here's my life. Every moment, everything I do, Lord, use me as a vessel to serve you and to serve your kingdom and to serve your people. That's just amazing when you start to live in that space. Because consecration and sanctification then goes together where we start to live holy lives. Because you say, Lord, this vessel, even this temple is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You can't decide what you want to do with your body. You can't just make your own choice. You know? The fourth thing or the third thing there in the row, but number four, it says the cost. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said it from the beginning. I love uh, how Jesus is real. 
because he says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We cannot have the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We cannot experience Pentecost if we're not willing to pay the cost. And that's why only 120 went to the upper room. The others all faded away. The others probably were busy, too scared, just said like, hey, it doesn't mean they didn't go to heaven. It just means they missed out on what God has. And don't miss out on the calling of God on your life. Don't miss out. And there is a cost involved. It's not easy to be a Christian. It's easy to be a lukewarm Christian. It's easy to be a Christian that just wants to be a good person that goes to heaven. But God has got so much more in store for us. God has got so many opportunities that He wants to use us with. Uh, I, I, I want to share a testimony of, of this one moment when we were in, in India and um so what happened it's quite a funny story actually we decided to book um the cheapest airline and so it was on spice jet spice jet can you believe it even a name like that you know and so um <laughs> we were going on the spice jet we were flying from mumbai uh, we had to fly to chennai on the from the east coast to the west coast or from the west coast to the east coast and um and so we were going on the runway already and uh, they don't they don't book your seat so you have to run to the airline into the airplane already so you're already tense when you got there so the airplane was full of people we were sitting right at the back and um so as we're turning onto the air field or air runway and we we're about to take off the the airplane goes to a halt it just goes out doosh, it just stops like this you know and then comes the announcement the lady says Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, um, uh, there's fuel gushing out of the bottom of the airplane. Can you please evacuate the airplane immediately? You know, just like a good Indian accent. And you could not believe it. Right there, they open up the doors in the middle of the runway and everybody's jumping out, you know. <laughs> so, so we're sitting right at the back and people are climbing over the chairs and, you know, because you just see the movies. This thing is going to explode. So eventually we got out. Now we had to walk all the way back. Now we get to the... Um, uh, airfield place and we go in and now there's a lot of up people that are upset and all the Indian people are speaking Hindu and everything and, and, and just going mad and so we're sitting there we haven't got a clue what people are saying we don't know what they're announcing and so it was still Stefan May and myself and so so we're just sitting there we're just waiting and as we're sitting with all this nonsense going on there's this little room and there's about it's got space for 50 people no social distancing there no social distancing there were probably 300 people in that room everyone shouting at each other very upset because the next airplane only went out the next day and so as we're sitting there i'm just relaxing and i felt to just this thing in my spirit and the holy spirit says to me go into the room and go and speak to one of the officials right in front but now everybody's pressing and everything. I think now this is a weird idea, but I felt it twice, you know, and I realized like, oh, this is the Holy Spirit. This is God speaking to me. So I go in, I say, Stefan, keep this stuff here. Make a long story short, I press in and now I'm try working my way. It probably takes me 20 minutes to get to the front because the good thing about me is I'm quite big in India. Indians are small, um, so I feel quite at home there. I feel like a giant. Um, and so here, eventually I press and I get right to the front, you know, so I don't know what I'm going to do, but because they already said, hey, the airplane, the next airplane is only leaving the next day. So we've prepared in our minds to stay there for 24 hours on just, you know, just sleep there right in the middle of the airport. And so as I get to the front, there's a little table like this one and there's two officials sitting there. The, the telephone rings 
And so I get to the front and I have my ticket and Stefan's ticket. And so the guy talks in Hindi and all that stuff. And eventually he looks up and he turns to the person next to him, speaks in English. And he says, oh, we, we have about six tickets for people to go to a five-star hotel. Yeah. And so as he says that, I, I put the tickets out, you know, and he grabs my tickets, three other tickets. And for probably about out of six, seven hundred people. We were the only people that could get to the hotel, you know, and it eventually it ended up to be a seven-star hotel, you know, and we, I was just so amazed by God's provision, but there was obedience that was needed for me to position myself to that place, and the Lord provided. We had a beautiful night's rest, and it was just crazy, and the next day we flew out um, on SpiceJet, you know, but so, so I realized like, hey, if we live a consecrated life, there's those moments when God will speak to us. But many times he just speaks through his word. And when we're obedient to that, that's when he uses us. The next thing is to talk about the call of God in Philippians 3 verse 7 to 14. Listen to this beautiful scripture that Paul writes. He says, but what things were gained to me, these I've counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is from faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. When you press against something, it means there's resistance. When you, when you, you know, he says, I've not attained, but I press on that I might like hold of that which Christ has laid hold of me isn't, isn't that a beautiful picture he says what christ has christ has laid a hold of you for a specific purpose not just for you to have a relationship with the father to uh, experience the blessings of god love joy peace long suffering all that stuff but actually that there will be the fullness of god that manifests over our lives and this is what what is so amazing he says i press towards the goal i forget those things which lies behind maybe there's some stuff that you have to forget some stuff you have to lay behind. Some stuff you have to say, no, that's, that's not for me anymore. Um, but I have to press on. I have to persist. I have to live with endurance because the Holy Spirit will give us strength when we do that. But there's also a commitment and a discipline to walk in His ways. And so the last thing that I want to share with us is that on community. You know, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. And then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. You know, um, it's just amazing when, when we see the working of the effect of the Holy Spirit in our lives. There's a generosity, there's a sharing, there's a community. You know, I've seen it over the past couple of weeks, just 
um, just as the church were pulling together to feed the poor and to look after each other where people have lost their jobs and people were, were in tense situations you know um, how people would phone the elderly in our midst you know and say hey are you doing well and look out for them long before I'm supposed to be the pastor's job and do all the house visits I'm, I'm so proud of being part of this church specifically because people are looking out for each other there's a unity there's a caring for the community it's not just we're going to church we are the church and uh, and that's why we want to be rooted in christ remember our theme for the year is to make obedient disciples that are rooted in christ and so that is the the exciting part of being of this community but there's a great generosity uh, there's a great open-heartedness to share and we have that opportunity now also not just with the people that we know and we love but also with the people that do not know the lord by this they will know that you are my disciples jesus said if you have love for one another the way we love each other the way we share the way we look out for each other hey uh, let's let's pray let's trust the lord for the fullness of the holy spirit to come because then that commission that call of god on our lives the cost all those things uh, begins to manifest in our community and through our community and i want to i want to challenge us uh, in this Pentecost Sunday to ask the Lord uh, for His kingdom to come. Ask, say, Lord, we want the fullness of your Holy Spirit. We don't just want a little bit here and a little bit there. It shouldn't just be an experience. It must be birthed in a community and then through a community so that everyone, even those who do not know the Lord, will say, well, those people, they love God, they fear God, and they will consider not just joining an event, but they will consider the cost of the fear of God on our lives. Because Lastly, I want to end off just by saying, hey, we cannot know the fullness of the Holy Spirit if we don't know the fear of God, if we don't know God's love and His holiness together, if we don't walk in that wisdom of following Him and obedience to Him. And so I want to pray for us today that the Holy Spirit will be real in our lives, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit will find its rightful place. So those who need to prophesy, prophesy. Those who need to host people, love people, go and love people. We have all, all have different giftings. Not all of us see angels every second day. Not all of us have dreams every second day. But you know, the most amazing thing is we have the same Holy Spirit. The one isn't better than the other, but there are different functions that we can fulfill. And so as we uh, consider this, let's ask and yield and consecrate ourselves again to the working of the holy spirit let's pour, ask for the outpouring of the holy spirit and maybe you're listening today and you have not been baptized in the holy spirit then i want to pray for you or maybe you are here and you you don't know jesus you don't know the jesus of the bible then that is the opportunity for you to say yes to the call of god on your life so i'm going to pray for that two groups the one is those who don't know the lord and then the second group is those who have not been filled with the holy spirit and you can ask him right there to baptize you and you can ask jesus because that's what he does so let's go. I'm going to pray two prayers. Um, and then, hey, let's talk about what does it mean to live a spirit-filled life? What does it mean to live a consecrated life? Uh, what does it mean to live in the power of God for your life and for my life? So let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you today that we can be together. And uh, Lord, the first group of people I want to pray for is those who do not know you. Maybe they've come from a religious experience. Maybe they don't know you. They've never met you, Lord. Maybe they are never been church people but today lord we come to repent and if that's you i want you to pray this prayer lord i repent i turn back from my wicked ways i'm a sinner lord please forgive me and wash me clean by your blood today i choose to follow you today lord i want to be consecrated to you i want to be a child of god not a slave but a son 
And so, Lord, wash me clean. I confess with my mouth that Jesus, you are our Lord of my life. I believe in my heart that you rose from the dead. Lord, take me and show me what it means to be a, a disciple. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. See, and that's what it means to be a disciple. Now, if you have prayed that prayer, then why don't you just fill in um, the link so that we can follow you up. The second group of people I want to pray for is those who do not know the Holy Spirit. And it's going to be a simple prayer. Just say, Lord, fill me, baptize me with your Holy Spirit so that I can know your power. So, Father, here we are. Thank you for the promise that Jesus gave that living waters will gush out from our innermost being. And so, Lord, baptize us, fill us up with your Holy Spirit so that we can be spiritful believers, living, Lord, in the fullness of God and in the grace of God. So we consecrate ourselves to you and say, Lord, fill us to the place of overflowing. Take these bodies of ours and, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Yeah, as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom. Thank you for this beautiful nature that we're in that testifies that, Lord, with one word you created the earth. So, Lord, in the same way, all of creation is waiting in anticipation for the revelation of the sons of God. And we want to walk in that revelation. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you and keep you. Remember, every night we're starting with Matthew chapter 1 from tomorrow night, from Monday night. Um, just sharing and experiencing scripture together every, every day, one chapter in the encouragement sessions and so we love you we miss you uh, and see you soon thank you for listening remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share